Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpin on Rugby podcast. HarpinOnRugby.net is an unofficial fan site for Leinster and Ireland rugby, with regular coverage of the latest news and opinion via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course this pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts as well as a host of other platforms. Right about now, I'm meant to be doing a podcast looking forward to Leinster's final regular season Pro 14 match against Ulster at the Kingspan this weekend, but alas, that is not to be. Instead, we've been working on a number of different projects to get us through the COVID void. We've had some retro rugby pods looking back at the great contests from years gone by. We also launched a new feature called the Pod of Three, where we share short clips from the best independent rugby podcasts. Just check back on our feed and you'll find all of those. We recently also just completed something called the Leinster Jersey McJersey Face Cup, where our Twitter followers got to choose between different jersey designs over the years. This was eventually won by the jersey we wore in Bilbao in 2018. For this episode 51 of our main podcast, we're sharing with you some highlights from the premiere of yet another new feature that aired this week, a Facebook live show called The Leinster Lion, which we're doing in conjunction with Three Blokes, A Ball and Bot. In the program notes, you'll see a link to the full show itself, but for this pod, we cover three parts of it. First, I talk to Big Joe Shep about my personal history with rugby and how I set up this website. Then in what will be a regular slot on the club game, Gerald the Oracle Williamson talks about his local boys, Navin RFC. And finally, I go through Leinster's amazing 19 wins in a row in the 2019-2020 campaign. I already went through this meticulously in the last episode of this pod, but I certainly wasn't complaining about harping on it again. So without any further ado, here's a sample of the Leinster Lion. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the pilot episode of The Leinster Line. Pilot episode, another spin-off from Three Blokes of Ball and Bob, and this time we are on a joint venture with one of my favourite people and one of our favourite fan sites, uh, Harping on Rugby, the Leinster and Ireland fan site, and the man who started the, myself and the, uh, the, the, the couch punter, Kigo, off on the trail of doing this type of stuff. Please welcome the great Jeff Pagano. Jeff, good evening, sir. How are you? Um, very well, uh, Joe. Thanks very much. And uh, I've heard you I've heard you talk me up that much uh, many times over the past couple of years you've been doing this. And I just want to finally get my chance to get back at you so just to say, like, uh, you did some, you did, you did loads of great posts for me, but all I had to do was copy paste them. Um, uh, you know, it's very appreciative of you writing for me, like when you did. But what you've done with this it goes way above and beyond um, any of that. And I just want to say fair play to you. Did great work. You built a great network of shows here, and um, it's just it's just an amazing project. And, and uh, fair play to you. Thanks very much, man. That's very kind. Well, what's going to happen is this is a pilot show, and this is pilot show one of a trilogy. Like everything, everybody knows by now, we like to test some things out. Uh, we're not uh, we're not ashamed to say that we're going to try and test some things and see how it reacts. We'll get some feedback off the viewers, myself and Jeff, and uh, uh, Kigo and uh, Kino Milior as well from uh, the Lane Pit, and uh, we'll see, and we'll add that as we go. The whole idea about this is that it's a monthly roundup show that myself and Jeff and some others wanted to do for a long time, and it will be looking at Leinster from within and without. So for those people, we shared a lot of people today, and thank you for everybody who shared it on and thought it was a fab idea and wanted to support us in non-Leinster, non-island forums, Jeff. It was really, really interesting because people liked the idea of seeing how, that's where I got the idea for putting up the slogan, how do you build a successful club? Grassroots, 
uh, clubs, the AIL, which is the All Island League. We'll come on to that with our guest in a minute. Um, the academies, uh, the the provincial side, how that affects the test side, Europe. So it's actually much wider, isn't it, than just that internal approach. But you're the subject matter expert on this. Um, I'm looking a little bit more of the wider bit where it goes. And uh, yeah, I think it's 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 got a fab, um, it's got a fab concept to do it from for people who want to learn how a club like Leinster, who are a global brand, um, how they built themselves up successfully really since 2008, nine onwards, and where we go from there. Get your, your thoughts on what, what you want to get from it, buddy. No, definitely. I mean, um, no, I appreciate the opportunity to do this because, I mean, you, like, your show, like you say, you go for a more global reach and you go for the get, you're, you're looking at what I've turned to direction. And, like, since 2008, when I started Harping on Rugby, um, I've been following Leinster. It was, it was more meant to be my experience as a season ticket holder and what that was like and what it was like for fans and you know but it so it evolved into this thing where I was just week in week out you know yourself the season goes from September until May and there's um I'd be writing about last week's match then looking ahead to next week's match and then your head you know you're going week in week out and there's been uh, there's so much rugby um throughout the season so what this show, I think, would be good for me is that it gives me a chance to pull back maybe once a month and look at the look at how the last month has gone, look at how the game is as a whole. It's something I, I want to cover from Harper Rugby, but I just just basically don't have the time to, to, to do any justice, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. I think, listen, the whole thing about the the bringing together the, the joint ventures with forums is that it allows us all to, to, to share each other's experience, you know, in the background. Uh, I mean, the whole idea of this is is that I can um, escape out of here. I'm already watching. It's just popping up on my, my system all the time. Even though I've turned Facebook off on here, the key goes starting the watch party. So, well done. In the background, we've got people helping us, like um, uh, Gerald Williamson, who, who is our guest. We'll come on to him in just a second. But uh, Kigo and Keenan Millior, um, who will be helping and advising and being the host. Because the whole idea is after the first three shows, the trilogy of shows, this is, this is one where we just look at where Leinster have come from and how it's structured and some of those other things. And more importantly, we want to cover about Harpen and rugby as well. And then we've got those people who never heard the expression or don't know where the expression Beyond the Pale comes from. You're going to find out tonight with our special guest on. So this is part one. Part two will be Monday the 15th of June, when myself, you and Kigo will be holding a watch party. But rather than just sticking a watch party on, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to put the watch party on. And the three of us are going to engage like it's a live show. And that watch party is going to be the fantastic comeback from 2011 uh, when Leinster played Northampton Saints. Two days later, we're going to have the great Mike Ross, former Leinster and Ireland, prop on to discuss that with you and Kigo while I produce. And longer term, on the monthly uh, roundup show, I won't be hosting with you. It will be Jeff will be the lead for this. And uh, Kigo and Kian will be co-hosting with them from time to time. And we'll have other guests on and players, hopefully, and coaches and administrators and former players and, and all that sort of thing to give us a bit of a flavour. So it's a wider thing. So as soon as I can extract myself from hosting on this one, it's over to you, Kigo, Kian, and the rest of the stuff. So great stuff. There we go. So um, what have you picked up in the news this week? I know that was a, there was a couple of things that you wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, well, no, just uh, just the last couple of days, we've been hearing more about how the game is going to uh, take off. You know, when when we finally do get some rugby, it's you know it's great news that that, that we're going to be getting back. They're going to start in New Zealand, and we're talking we're getting fixture lists here for for Ireland games, provincial matches in August and stuff. But because of the new situation with the COVID and the the, the wanting the need to protect players, they're going to be they're talking about maybe changing a few rules. Um, there, you know, they're, they're, there's a there's a whole slew of them. Um, 
I, you know, some of them, they're talking about cutting in numbers in malls. They're talking about eliminating the choke tackle. There's, there's all these little, little points, um, maybe a, a free, you know, a free kick, cutting it down from five seconds to three seconds from when the referee says use it. We'll see if that, if that, if that one sticks, but there's a lot of, you know, the, there are a lot of changes. The, the, the key elements I saw in that story was that they're not going to, it's not going to be a, a worldwide change. They're going to let all the unions make their own individual changes um, uh, based on, you know, their needs and, you know, their response to the, their own particular response mm -hmm. to the COVID. So every union is going to be doing their own thing. So really no change there, to be honest with you. So it's going to be the same history of rugby. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think big changes ahead, and and, and it's it, it, and it won't be the last, I don't think. But uh, there we go. We'll see where it goes to. Um, yeah. And uh, a former yeah. Inter player, I'm just going to throw this up there, has got a new book yep. out this week. Yeah, the Tolo Tank. Um, it's uh, got his got his own book. He just announced it today, the 29th of October, coming out there. Looking forward to that. There's be some interesting things. Those books are always uh, they can be interesting reads. All the behind the scenes stuff. And I'd say he's got a few stories, both on and off the pit. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great solo tank. What a, a great! I'm hoping that we we definitely see him back. He struggled with those injuries uh, so much. So yep. right, on with the show. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Let's hear about Harpen and Rugby, the the Leinster and Ireland fan site. What's your background to the rugby, mate? And how did that all look start? It's not a um, as you can probably tell by my uh, American twang. Uh, it hasn't been a, a traditional uh, road to uh, rugby uh, to, to to rugby writing or doing a rugby website. I wasn't exactly born with a rugby ball in my hands. Uh, I was born in California, and um, folks moved over here when I was eight years old. So and there was zero rugby in in our family at all uh, coming here. So. Um, but I went, but I was lucky enough to to go to a, a big rugby school, um, one of the, one of the biggest ones in Dublin. And uh, so basically, I just arrived, um, age of eight. And next thing they said, basically, here's the rugby ball, off you go. Um, so I sort of learned the games. I went along. It was kind of taking it for granted as I as I as I was going through school. And um, but eventually, I got to really enjoy it. I was a prop. I was a I was a loose head prop. Um, the you know I had one year when I was on the third team. I was doing and we. We were, we were having great crack. We had a great team. We were winning every week. But the problem with winning every week is that we all, five of us got bumped up to the seconds. And when you're on the seconds, you're the whipping boys for the firsts. Yes. And that was the junior cup team. And we were getting killed uh, twice a day, lunchtime training every day. I still didn't mind it. I still enjoyed playing it. But uh, it, 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 I, I never, I, it, it was take, it's taken very seriously at those schools. And um, as much as I love the game, and as much as I love watching um, Ireland play in the well, then the Five Nations every year, I never, you know, I, I, I never got to those kind of heights. But anyway, long story, even short, um, I kind of went away from the game for a while um, after I left school and college, whatever, and uh, doing other things. But what really got me back in was um, the whole concept of not just pro rugby but Leinster rugby. Um, living in Dublin, um, you. you you know, you've got the Dublin GAA team. You've got there. There are football teams around Dublin, but there wasn't that sense of a team that that represented your 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 area that played week in week out. Um, you know that that you could follow all the time, and not yeah. only that, but also brought the best players in the world to 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 your local area to go see. And um, Leinster had that, and um, they they started doing they started doing really well when I started. And then of course I was getting into the writing as well. I've always wanted to get into writing, not just sports, but sports was a big part of it. And uh, so when I when I look on uh, my experience as season ticket holder, I didn't expect it to do anything. I didn't expect it to go anywhere. Um, just started writing. It was the 2008-2009 season, which was the year we won the first 
um, the first Heineken Cup. Um, as you can see, I don't know if you can see the back of the jersey there. Absolutely. Uh, got that done two days after the Croke Park match. And um, so that was that. Um, we, I was just writing, you know, writing blogs every week and whatever. And, you know, then Twitter came along and I started, you know, tweeting then. And eventually I just, you know, um, got invited to um, to to go to, go to matches, sit in the press box. And uh, so the, 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 the following kind of grew a little bit then. And I started, you know, putting more into the write-ups and just basically grew over time. Now, it got to a stage where I wanted to do so much more, but with life, universe and everything that really? go on that's keeping an even keel so i got into this kind of routine where i just i just do a summary of last week's match and a preview of the, the next week's match and that's been going on uh, for years and it's uh, and and just never stopped enjoying it like and, and and i like to say like Gunster have had great success in that time as well um but I, I i'd like to think that i'd still be enjoying it just as much if they hadn't yeah, sometimes uh, I say to people, some people say, like, oh, well, you know, you've got a good fight. Why sort of risk it with, you know, spin-off shows for niche things? Well, because I can for a start. And I'd rather have, you know, 20 people, 20 views rather than, sort of, you know, 6,000 know, every week. Because, you know, but it's, but, it, but it's that sort of thing where you, you don't know when you're connecting people. So, you know, it's uh, we've got an Ulster one starting next month as well. Just been in touch with some monster lads today. This, I believe, is being shared into the monster. But no, the serious point is, it's um, it's good, and uh, you know our roundup shows will do those. It just works. It's a it's a compliments, I think, what you're you're doing, which is why we want to do it. And each of the shows will be very similar sort of premise, but we'll hit the different spots we want. So it's absolutely fabulous and uh, great to see so many people on tonight. Let's bring in our guest, shall we? I'd better just take him off mute. Um, this man, I'm going to bring him in and then introduce him because he, if you're the godfather, he is the great grandfather of. Um, and he won't mind me. He won't mind me saying that. Um, and welcome to the show. This man is the for people who have not had the pleasure of seeing him on a three blokes of all the show before. Uh, this man is former past president of Navin Rugby Football Club. That's the first shout out for them tonight. Uh, thank you to Austin McPartman uh, for sharing the stuff up on uh, on their site today. And um, this man uh, not only the past president of Navin. He uh, is part of the team that runs AIL Rugby, AL being the All-Ireland League, AIL Rugby and Club Rugby Forum. If you want anything to do with local club rugby and AIL Rugby across Ireland, go to AIL Rugby and Club Rugby, run by uh, Peter Sasson, with obviously Gerald Adwin on there as well. And Gerald has been doing the history, a mini history of all the clubs across Ireland. And we've asked him to come on today to speak to us. And each show, he is going to come on and speak for eight to ten minutes on a club that he's been researching. It was only right. The very the inter, the uh, the introductory uh, picture and video that was done by uh, Elaine Dixon from Hawkeye Photography was actually at Navin's ground from 2016 when Ulster and Leinster played in a pre-season warm-up. So it's only right that we talk about uh, Navin Club to begin with. Please welcome Gerald Williamson. Gerald, how are you, sir? Hi, very good, Joe. Thank you very much. Good oh, good, good, good home. Tell, tell us, my good sir. Right, this this spot every month is going to be, is be called Beyond the Pale. Gerald Williamson, give us the history of Navin, and uh, and let's see where we go from there. Well, uh, Navin Rugby Club was uh, founded in uh, nineteen twenty four twenty five season by uh, nine gentlemen. Uh, one of them was a man by the name of William O'Sullivan, who was president of the Mead Agricultural Society, 
another gentleman was uh, William Maxwell Kirk, who was the headmaster of the local Preston School. And then there was a gentleman by the name of Nat Lacey, who actually his son is one of the trustees of the club at present. And then you had Nat and uh, Charlie Quinion, who were hoteliers. And then there was uh, Jack Finnegan, uh, uh, Jim Gibney, and uh, Bobby Byrne, and Frank Hoggett. The uh, club used the grounds of the uh, Mead Agricultural Showgrounds, uh, which is now Park Tolton, where the GEA matches are played. And they rented that uh, from the, uh, the club rented the showgrounds from the Mead Agricultural Society from 1925 up to 1941. Uh, at, that, uh, at that time, Navin actually played in what is known as the Midland League, and they won the first cup in 1930, which was the Ryan Midland Cup, uh, beating Balbriggan in the final at Mullingar. Moving on, then between 1941 and up to 1964, Navin actually did not really have any grounds up that could call their own because they actually had played in different places around on the outskirts of the town for home matches. And then the club purchased uh, uh, the land at, at present grounds at Ballery's Gold in 1964. I think it was around 12, 12 or 14,000 um, pounds at the time. And there was about 20 acres of land attached to it. And they built their own clubhouse. Uh, so they had to go and borrow money from local... Uh, some of the local uh, uh, farmers and, and, and supporters to raise the funds to actually build a clubhouse, which did, did succeed. Uh, moving on then, the club had a very successful uh, number of years uh, in the 60s, right through to the 80s, and the Towns Cup, the Provincial Towns Cup, which is a, uh, a major uh, competition for Leinster junior, uh, junior clubs. Navin actually have won the Towns Cup over 10 times. And the other major competition they used to take part in was the McGowan Cup, which is a uh, northeast area for northeast area clubs. And Navin have won that uh, 17 times. Then in the the club actually had grown so rapidly, uh, especially during the 80s, the uh, youth rugby came into being, and it had to sort of look at the point of view of expanding some way. So the executive at the time in the 90s decided that they would uh, build a new clubhouse. So they did a trade-off deal uh, by with a, a, a well-known contractor who built the clubhouse and in a, sort of a, a kind of a barter exchange, uh, the club gave a certain amount of land to this uh, contractor and he was able to build houses on that land. And in return, the club got a spanking new clubhouse, which was opened in 1999, uh, and 10 dressing rooms, and there was uh, function rooms. Uh, it's, on, it's actually on three levels. There's a, the, all the, um, the uh, dressing rooms are all sort of half underground, and there's a, even an internal lift uh, in the clubhouse right up to the top floor. Now, during the 90s, uh, in the late 90s, the club got a new coach, uh, 
and his name was John Mulvihill. And John came to us from uh, Australia, and he spent, uh, I think it was five years in Navan, and he won the Terence Cup, and actually we won at, at 2001, I think it was. We actually won the Leinster League, but we were beaten uh, in the uh, the playoffs to get into the All-Ireland. First, uh, John did thought of it to be professional uh, uh Touch to the way rugby should be played and coached, etc. And there, after that, then uh, after John moved on, we had a su succession of coaches. Uh, one of them was another chap, a gentleman by the name of Brad Harris, actually, who was uh, John actually brought into our into Navin, uh, and he was with us for a couple of years. And then he uh, moved on. He actually ended up uh, as a national. He was the for forwards coach for the Georgian national team. And then he went back to uh, Fiji, and now he's a technical coach with the Fiji Island uh, uh, team. And the club then, right, going right through the underage sector of the club, has become very, very strong. And we've won quite a number of underage uh, All-Ireland competitions, under-16s, under-18s. Uh, and uh, then in the roughly 2015-16, we actually had a, a new coach in Alan Keensley. And he came, he was actually from, from Limerick and he, well, at the present time, he's gone now, to, he went last year. He's, he's actually now the uh, Newport Gwent Dragons. He's a, a kicking coach in the, in the Dragons. So actually, Navin actually is a good place for, for any potential coaches. And of course, Mr. Mulville, you mentioned before, went to Cardiff. Cardiff Blues, that's right. John Mulville, he, he's, he's the head coach in, in the Cardiff Blues. And we had him for our our president's dinner uh, there um, uh, uh, earlier on this year, and he was our guest speaker. And it was it was nice to see him back in the club, and he remembers a lot of faces when he was here. And you know, so he did. So this past number of years actually has been a very successful season for the senior for our senior team. As you probably know, we got into the AIL uh, in 2016, and we won uh, the uh, the round robin. And as a result, we had got promoted in three seasons in a row from uh, AIL Division uh, 2C straight up to 2B to 2A. And last season, this past season, we have been playing in 1B, which is a big, big step up from the second second level uh, in, in the AIL. And the other uh, successful thing was in 2016-17 uh, season, we actually won the uh, the Fraser McMullen Cup, which is a All Ireland Under Twenties competition, and in that to, to win that competition, we actually beat uh, in the quarterfinals. We beat UCC of Cork, we beat Dublin University in the semi final, and we beat Lansdowne in the final of the Under Twenties. As uh, I was at uh, St Mary's uh, College. And that was a great step up for the club. We we're actually the first, probably the first club in Leinster to win outside Dublin to win the All Ireland uh, uh, Under Twenties uh, uh, Cup, which is the Fraser McMullen Cup. It's a well, it's a very well known trophy, so it is. And uh, so the club has, instead of losing players, which we have been always doing, losing players to the senior clubs in Dublin, we are now starting to retain what's coming through our own youth structure. Yeah. And um, this is, this is what, the way we're going on that side of, of, of the, of the um, uh, in rugby terms for the club. 
And then we have also, of course, we have our ladies' side. We have the ladies' uh, uh, women's rugby. In fact, they, they won the um, Division Two of the uh, what was then. Uh, this is before AIL women's rugby had come into being. But we, we have one uh, Division Two. I think it was in two thousand and three. Um, we won. I think we won Division Three, as far as I can remember. First, the uh, the women's now on the women's side. What has happened at, when the World Women's World Cup took place here? What two two years ago? Yep. There has been an influx of girls into the club now, and especially under twelves, uh, under fourteens, under sixteens, under eighteens, and that is a that's a growing side of our club within in, in Avon. And and very quickly, listen. Um, it, I'm going to have to put you up because we, we've got to get the competition and everything in. But you've got, you also, one of the first clubs, if I'm wrong, to do inclusive rugby, the Blue Dragons, Blue Dolphins. Yes, actually, that was that, that during my term of presidency there uh, two years ago. I was delighted to see that we have inclusive rugby uh, going. And uh, it's, it has really done very, got taken off very well. We have every Sunday morning from 10, from 10 to 11 o'clock, we have maybe up to 20 uh, kids. Which, Different types of disabilities, etc., and uh, it has become very, very popular. So it has, um, and it's, it's it's great to see the kids enjoying themselves, uh, and it's and it's great for the mums, the, the the parents, they, they can have a cup of coffee or something like that while while, they, while the kids are, and it's all on a one to one basis with the the coaching. Uh, listen, listen, that's absolutely fab. Um, I, I know that you're not back with us until episode four, um, but Jordan, in episode four, you're going to give us a brief history. I'm hoping on oh, Jeff is actually to look at the history of Irish rugby and how that sort of evolved through. And I, and I know that that is fab. I wanted to. I was just uh, in the background there. Um, this is the Facebook uh, group, um, AIL Rugby and Club Rugby. That's run by Peter Searson. A uh, really, really top guy, and there's a brilliant bunch of admins and mods there. I have to say that because I'm one of the, I'm, I'm the least effective. They tolerate me, I think. Um, but um, go to AIL Rugby and Club Rugby, that group there, and support what uh, what Peter and Gerald and the rest of the team are doing. It is fab because all of Gerald's mini um, history series are on there. We wanted to, um, we thought for the first. Uh, uh, for the first show, Jeff, didn't we? Jeff had a great idea. We said it would be wrong if we didn't cover what we believe is an unparalleled season. Jeff, over to you. The thing is, you know, Leinster have had a lot of success over the years, as you know, and uh, you don't want to you don't want to go too much about it because you know everyone's got their own team, and you don't want to end up being gloating and showing off and stuff. But the the, the fact is is that um, Leinster won that cup in Bilbao, and they got their fourth star, and then the second the following season they played Saracens, as you know yourself. We went to, we did a live event just before that game, and they fell short that day. And I think that that defeat that day, I think you know a lot of a lot of us were surprised by that, and I think maybe the team was as well that didn't that that it uh, that it didn't turn out the way they that they'd expected. And since then, um, they basically they, they could have gone two ways. They could have they could have just thrown in the towel, or they could have said, right, next season we're going to really put the effort in, and uh, and get back there and get back to another final. And what what what's effectively happened since then is that Leinster simply have not lost. Uh, mm. Since that final, they 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 went on to win the Pro 14. Um, but what I'd like to focus on just very briefly to end your show is the run they went on to start the the 2019-20 season, because 
because with all this terrible uh, COVID interruption and all this stuff that's happened, and when when hopefully now fingers crossed we're going to get back to some rugby now um, uh, in 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 a month or so. The, the the season will end will round up. Hopefully you'll get the Pro 14 finished. You'll get the the Champions Cup finished, and then you'll have winners for them. But that's all the season. That's all that season is going to be remembered for. It's going to be remembered for who wins the trophies, and it's going to be remembered for uh, the obviously the interruption. What what I'd like to do use this kind of forum. It's a it's a Leinster centric forum. Is to just to pay kind of a sort of a tribute to the um, sort of the body of work that went into Leinster season, where they basically went 19 competitive matches. Um, unbeaten, they, they won them all, and um, the, and not just, and it wasn't always with the same squad as you know yourself. Leinster in particular, they had players gone off to the World Cup, and they had to they had to plan for the players that they had, um, they had to bring in they had to bring in new players, and then of course when it got near when the World Cup finished and the the the, the internationals came back, they had to put that squad back together, and um, they just kept on winning week in, week out, and they had some big challenges there along the way. They came close, they did, they did, not all the wins were easy, but um, just the manner of those, those 19 matches I thought was impressive, so. Um, Why do you think 2019 was so successful? 19 from 19 in yeah. club at Europe, isn't it? So mm. why, why was it, given well, so many people, so many of the top players being away? Yeah, it's a, I mean, um, at, at the time when you're watching it, you see you have to factor in the the World Cup campaign, and uh, literally the um, our season started. The Pro 14 season started the day we lost to Japan, and the the World Cup uh, campaign really came off the rails. So we didn't really realize at the time what was um, what was going to happen. Um, but from Lens from Leinster's point of view, from Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster and all the coaches' that's point of view, they knew the players they had, and they had and they had actually what they, they actually had a longer preseason as well because it's kind of started beginning of August. You yeah. had a couple of preseason matches. You had the Celtic Cup as well, which is a great chance to com competitive rugby um, to, to to blood some players. And even in that time, the Celtic Cup, the A team won eight out of eight matches. You had um, the the preseason matches; they won three out of three. Even the women's team won five out of five to win the um, to win the interprovincial uh, that season, so it was a it was a case of um, manage. They had to manage the squad. They had to bring in new players, and they brought in players like you know yourself, Will Will Connors, um, Craylon Doris, um, all these players up until Roman Kelleher, all these players that that that, that a lot of Leinster fans may not have heard of uh, even last season. Um, they they showed form in that Celtic Cup, and before some of them were actually playing for Ireland, come the Six Nations. You know, it was it was an amazing. Um, it was a way of bringing these players in, and they, they weren't just they weren't just coming into the team to just you know make up the numbers. Okay, you're the rookie. You go. You just sit there. We're not even going to give you the ball. They were there, ready to play. Run. You know, Run. Keller was scoring tries. Caelan Joyce was hitting guys. Uh, uh, Connors was uh, getting thirty tackles a game. Um, Man of the match awards every other week. You know, it was just it, it was there. I, I think there were like three three major elements to to this run by Leinster. One of them was bringing the new players in, blooding these players in, and 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 contrasting as they fed the uh, the test players back into the team. There was the um, the ability to. Um, uh, uh, score tries when they took when they got chances. It was efficiency with the ball um, in the in the twenty two, and that just comes down to coaching. Um, they just were, they they got their chances. There were there was there was a couple of close wins in that run. We had a three 0 win in Zebra, which was an incredible uh, eighty minutes match, which uh, you know. Two hours of my life I'll never have back, but um, you know. But a lot of the wins were 50, 50 point wins. They just kept win. they were win scoring tries, and the other 
And the final element, which I think was maybe the most important one, was the standard of defense. Yep. Um, the the defending defensive organization. There was a game there against um, I think it was uh, I think it was Benetton. They were on our line, and um, uh, we we actually managed to, we substituted swapped out our whole front row. So they they had a they had a line out five meters from the Leinster line. We swapped out our entire front row and our out half, brought a whole new team on, and didn't lose anything in the defensive structure. They tried, they batted our line for 10 minutes. They still couldn't score. It was the consistency. And um, uh, around after Christmas, Stuart Lancaster did a favorite, did an interview, which which at the time, now he's doing interviews every other week because of the, because of the, the break. But at the time he didn't do them that often. And um, he did this interview where he talked about the cohesion within the team. And that was a great word because you could see it when, when you're like me, when you're watching watching every match two, three times a week, and you see the pattern and you just see it doesn't matter what players are wearing the, the, the jerseys. Um, they're, they're, they know the system. They, they, they adhere to the system. And it was just, just amazing to watch. Do you, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I uh, myself and Martin Boogie had a really horrendous game against the Cheetahs. Um, in fact, I felt so sorry for the Cheetahs. I'm actually sort of did a live because obviously I sit in the Cheetahs group as well. And Casper uh, uh, van der Merwe, who runs the Cheetahs fans forum, it looked after really well. Both the South African teams actually, but that game was. Uh, I mean, some of some of these some of these wins that you said, you know, an awful lot of them are sort of fifty point plus, but they haven't been easy no. against the Cheetahs. There, it was horrendous, and 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 they they were good for uh, their attack. You know, the defense is weak. They know that they're working on that. Um, but uh, they still pulled up two as in horrendous. They never gave up for the whole 80 minutes. Mm. They scored two cracking tries. Uh, mm. So it hasn't been as easy as it seems. I just, when we talk about layering systems in place, that means that no individual, regardless, it's a bit like what we try and do with the show. Everybody is treated exactly the same. And yet there's that calmness, that, that reassurance from day one that you just thought, there's something special here. And I've, I've often tried to look at, uh, we, we look now where you've got a head coach and a director of rugby, but, but I don't. I think there's almost like it, it may, depending on the circumstances, it turns on its head. You know, Leo isn't the coach and Stewart's the director of rugby, or vice versa. I know Stewart's mm. responsible for you know sort of defensive wise, but there's just a synergy there that just blends, and I think that comes across to the players. Like you say, you could put an island in the back three now. You could put um, Deegan, Doris, and um, Connors. And yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and 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 you know they're just and Connors, yeah, and absolutely doing fine. God knows what's going to happen when Paul Dan Levy comes back. Uh, and, and, That's and, what I, I always say. Like Leinster, um, for the back rows, it's like we have a one arm bandit. You can just pull the one arm bandit, and three players will come up. Any three players, and uh, you have an amazing back row. It's 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 kind of a it's almost an embarrassment of riches in that position in particular. What 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 for you has made? Was so successful in building the academy system. That sort of it just keeps going. The train just keeps going on through. I know we're going to cover. I know we're going to cover schools and clubs and how all that fits in. And nothing's perfect in life, but it certainly over the last four or five years really honed itself well. Post Matt O'Connor, no disrespect mm. to him, but you know it's just gone up and up and up and up and up, hasn't it? I'd say if you had, if you if you ask that question to someone like Stuart Lancaster himself, I mean, as much credit as he takes as he deserves to take and him and Leo, to, uh, you know, for how they put the team together. A lot of the, the 
the, the compliment goes to the coaching at uh, schools level and the junior level. I mean, uh, all those wins I was telling you about in, in um, the uh, Celtic Cup for Leinster A-team, um, a lot of that's Noel McAmara. And, of course, he had the Six Nations uh, Grand Slam as well. I mean, he, he, he doesn't know how to lose, I think, now at this stage either. Uh, so, uh, but, but also at schools level. I mean, you watch any of the, the, any of the schools matches, the senior cup matches, it's like it, it, some of the, the sets they do and the, uh, the, the set moves and the organization, it's like watching a Pro 14 match. You know, it's, it's, and of course, some of the Pro 14 teams, it's better than a Pro 14 match. So it's like um, it's, it, it, this is the way they're being coached in school. This is the way that, and, and it's also the talent pool that's there as well. I think, um, you know, the, the, the Leinster, um, because it's more of a cultural thing, it goes way back to when I was in school. It was taken serious. It was taken that seriously then. So you've got generations coming through, um, and uh, they're just they're, they 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 love playing rugby. They start playing from an early age, and the the talent uh, rises to the top. And it just seems every year it's like a conveyor belt. I mean, I'm not saying there's no talent coming in the other provinces. Of course there is. Um, it's it's all over the country, and you want to see it. We've just heard like, the last few weeks a couple of. Um, Leinster youngsters are going to other provinces, and that's that's good to see. It's good to see the talent being spread around. Um, but um, it's just, uh, it you know, they've a, they've a great system in place. It goes it goes down to the now you've got the clubs, you've got the club levels. They've got their own underage structures as well. You've got Leinster and their own, and then you've got the schools. And they're it's just a question of knitting them all together and getting the right getting the right talent up into the Leinster team and just. Since the past like ten years, just Leinster been able to manage it year in year out. There's just another three, four players coming in. They're not just ready to just to to wear the blue jersey and just get a couple of caps. They're ready to win matches, the biggest matches on the biggest stage. Yeah, thank you for, for keeping <laughs> everything as sweet as with Leinster, and it's been a real I'm pleasure. It, man. Great really, really look forward to uh, everything that you're going to do in the future, mate. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Good stuff, Gerald Williamson. Take care. Regards to the family and to everybody at Navin, and we'll see you soon. See you, lads. Thanks a million. Cheers now, lads. Until next week. Good morning, Navin. Go, Tigers. Slangerfall.